A very warm welcome to this World Game Changers podcast, where your host, Paul D. Lowe, embraces many crucial conversations that compassionately contribute towards creating a better life and world. Paul's intention is very simple, to help get people's inspirational insights and motivational messages out into the world so others may benefit. Hello, listeners, and welcome to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Today, I am joined from a gentleman who is based in the south of England, a gentleman by the name of Alex Sapala. Alex, a very warm welcome to you, sir. Thank you very much, Paul. It's a, a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me. It's, uh, it's really good to come and speak to you and the World Game Changers community. Interesting, Alex, and I don't know, this, this, this is an interesting point, listeners. Now, I've just introduced Alex there, made a statement, and I'm going to ask Alex to put me right on this one way or the other. Are you based, actually based in the south of England? Uh, yeah, I am in, uh, in Essex, actually, in uh, um, uh, it's towards South End and Sea, in a, a small town called Wickford. So, um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm best. But not for, not so far from London, uh, because in my corporate career, I was sort of commuting into London. So just outside London, but yeah, in in Essex. Mm. The reason I flag <laughs> that up, listeners, very interesting point. I wasn't quite sure, and isn't that interesting? How in our lives there is conditioning. You know, there's an assumption. Call it what you will. That. I don't know, gut feeling. Um, and of course, the purists might say, well, actually, Paul, you should have done your research. So you know exactly. <laughs> but isn't the art of conversation more around that discovery? And, you know, whether, mm-hmm. Alex, you're based in the north of England, the south of England, when it really comes down to it, it's not really pertinent, is it? It doesn't really matter in the context of this dance that uh, that's going to unfold between us around... This is my story. What's yours? So when we say this is my story, maybe more appropriately, this is Alex's story. So, yeah, without further ado, Alex, let's let's take to the dance floor. What is your story? Uh, Thanks, Paul. Thanks for that that invitation. But uh, just to to point out, actually, you know, the the beauty of just what you've illustrated there about... uh, Know, these kind of conversations because in a way you know you've just demonstrated there's something that that's different because in these formal conversations the normal uh you know sort of thinking and mindset of people would be that you wouldn't even if you had got it wrong that the south of england you wouldn't even have a picked that up you just let the conversation flow but isn't it amazing that you know we can pick up on something different when we have a different level of uh, thinking and mindset to actually just say look uh, this is what it is and uh, you know you can approach things in a different way so again such a, a liberating you know to be speaking to you Paul and in the mindset of this kind of thinking so uh, yeah my story uh, is um uh, like everyone's stories, it, 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 you know, it's quite quite unique and and, and interesting. But uh, our people will have different stories, and they, they can relate to different stories as well. Um, and uh, I mean, I'm uh, originally from uh, Malawi, which is uh, you know in southern Africa. So I grew up there. You know, humble beginnings. You know, we didn't have very much, uh, as as most people would expect in an African setting, because people are quite poor there. But uh, one particular thing, Paul that uh, I, I can draw and recall was that um, it was actually a happy um, a happy uh, childhood because uh, even though we didn't have much around, I mean, my mom was just a, a working mom, you know, looking, up, uh, looking after us. There's five of us. And uh, uh, my dad was actually working for an import and export firm. Eventually, he started his own business just doing a bakery shop. But uh, we didn't have much, but I, I recall us being happy as kids because that's all we knew. We just knew, you know, we'd walk to school, you know, barefoot and, you know, we sweep, uh, you know, the, the household and in school and, you know, we just play with, uh, you know, footballs made from all this plastic, which we would actually heat up and make into a ball and we would kick that around. But it was just happy, happy, happy as, as you would expect. And it's actually quite interesting 
you know, eventually when you explore this question about happiness, what makes uh, people happy? Because it can be just the small things, your surroundings and what what you see uh, around you, not so much the material things. So looking back, uh, that was quite a, um, an interesting thing for me to look back to, to see that even though we didn't have much, we were quite happy in a way. So but the one thing uh, in, in African setting which uh, sort of lights our creative genius is the comp uh, competition around education because uh, for, for me growing up it was uh, quite fascinating actually to be competing in school to be you know the best that we can be and that was uh, quite fascinating because I was quite one of those uh, competitive when it came when it came to to school and academics I wanted to uh, you know prove everyone that I, I was you know uh, one of the best in school and uh, uh, in uh, um, uh, Africa, uh, probably different in, in Western circles, but when you, uh, at the end of every term, there's this uh, big sort of anticipation where they actually announce who was top in, in the class, you know, the various, when they added up all the marks of uh, uh, the various uh, subjects. And uh, it, it always was kept like a secret. So you never know who was going to be top. And, you know, it, 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 it will culminate in this big assembly whereby all the parents and everyone would would come there and then they started off from each of the classes as they move up and then they you know when when eventually they announced who the top people were it was just this big amazing feeling that yeah I am top so that instilled uh, this big element of competition amongst uh, a lot of us kids growing up in Africa and that was always very fascinating and on top of that as well when you get to grade eight and so you know you would get the top students have actually get selected to go to the top secondary schools and also there was this uh, particular high school which is uh, called Kamos Academy which is actually modeled on Eton College it was built by the uh, the former dictator who was uh, Kamos Banda because he had an English education so he wanted to give those African kids who had the potential but they didn't have the means to actually pay for their education he wanted to give them a chance because uh, he didn't want people to be limited especially the kids by the ability to pay in order to realize their potential so again that kind of uh, setup was quite an inspiration for us kids going up the grades to say I want to get into that school because you know, out of hundreds and hundreds of uh, kids, you know, finishing primary school, they would only select about uh, 80 students. So it was quite a prestigious thing. So I remember that carrying me forward to say, you know, this is where I need to be. And again, looking back, you know, the mindset of achieving and excellence was sort of instilled in us. In a way, we, I was thinking the very thing that is going to take me out of uh, uh, the life that we were living in, which is not of so much abundance, would actually be the thing that I have control of because everything else I can't control. But this particular element of education and striving for excellence and success, I can control because it's up to me. So, um, yeah, I remember, you know, studying really hard and uh, in, in a very sort of uh, playful but uh, excited way to prove that you know I'm uh, you know, I can be up there with the best academically, and uh, yeah, I got actually selected to go to uh, uh, this top school, and um, I remember my mom actually, you know, quite dancing. She used to carry, I think, you know, some people who. Um, you know, I've seen all oh, these African setting environments, you know, these women who carry buckets, they go to the river, bring the uh, water on top of their heads in buckets. <laughs> and uh, these uh, are results, they get to be announced on the radio. And I remember her, uh, you know, coming back from the river and listening to the radio and hearing my name that I've been selected. And just the excitement, you know, <laughs> actually dropped the bucket onto uh onto the floor and just to run you know home you know to actually celebrate because this is this is quite a big thing in in, in africa so and uh yeah that's uh, uh how it got on so i got to this school and uh, it was quite an amazing school i mean the curriculum is all uh modeled on uh, eton college and this, the gccs and even more fascinating as well we got to study the classics which is the greek and latin and the you know roman uh history and greek mythology and all those kind of things which uh, were quite um, um you know unexpected for uh, a school in the african setting so again all of that just got into 
are instilling us this uh, experience of a Western education and Western culture, which is something that we've got to be fascinated about as well. So uh, life carried on again, the competitive you know, nature, you know, was still there to actually, you know, prove to be the best of the best, even in this setting as well. So that was quite fascinating. Uh, so we carried on uh, until, uh, you know, it got to do doing the GCSEs there. Uh, and that was when I was 16, actually. And I remember uh, finishing uh, um, my GCSE exams. It was because uh, this school was actually set in some beautiful settings just away from, uh, uh, you know, the, the main roads. They used to call it Eaton in the bush, actually. And uh, uh, it was one, uh, this sunny, beautiful sunny day as well you know because it was set in uh, in front of the school there was a lake as well so as the sun set you could see this uh, you know beautiful glow of uh, the sun rays on on the on on the actual front of the school just beautiful you know similar to scenes that you would see in films like the lion king for example you know that beautiful african setting but um i remember this particular day um having this strange feeling. I mean, when I look back now, I, I, I put it to, you know, intuition, you know, something that, that's like a gut feeling, you know, something doesn't feel quite right, but you don't know what it is. Uh, so, um, uh, you know, I finished my exams as normal. And then uh, just as I was um, um, going to, to the hostels, because this was a boarding school, I remember my uh, uh, um, my form t uh, teacher, you know, calling me uh, and uh, and taking me to the room. And at that point, I just couldn't work out what it what it was. And then we got to the room. You know, he he closed the door and just sat me down. And this is uh, the point that uh, he uh, delivered the sad news that actually my dad had had, had passed away at uh, back home. And that was, uh, you know when you, you get to experience feelings that you've never experienced before, it was like, you know, my jaw just dropped. I just couldn't believe, you know, something like that would happen. And it's it's just uh, like uh, most of us sometimes when we see things happening to other people, we never imagine we could be in a situation like that. And what had actually happened was uh, he passed away when I was actually doing my GCSEs and the family took the decision to actually not let me know because obviously it would, uh, you know, disturb my my exams at that particular point. And the decision was that, you know, what had happened, my dad had passed away, and that was, you know, what 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 uh, has had transpired. But then, what I was doing in terms of the GCSEs and my results was something that was going to shape my future. They couldn't change what had happened, but they could impact my future in that very particular moment. When I look back, you know, it it, it sort of uh, made sense. But when you're in the moment, it's something that was really, really hard to take. So that was uh, a big sort of, uh, um, you know, tragedy that started to impact my life because all of a sudden the big questions about, you know, what life life means and you know what are we here uh, to do and you know life and death and all of that at, a, at, a, at a, that particular age just started rushing into me so a lot of things you know started to lose meaning you know you know my, my dad passing and all of that and then uh, to make matters worse as well just from the shock of everything else a few months later my mom passed away as well. So it, it became a sort of double tragedy for me and, uh, you know, the, the um, my siblings as well. So all of a sudden it became that, um, you know, parents passed away. It was almost the responsibility has descended on me to actually shape my future and actually get to look after my siblings as well. So... That was uh, a very difficult, challenging time, and it was one of those make or break. And I was juggling with a lot of feelings, a lot of things, and there was quite a bit of support as well. But uh, I mean, in 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 Africa, a lot of people go through these these kind of cycles as well. There's a lot of orphans and all those kind of things, but not that it makes it any easier. So. 
But uh, the one thing that uh, still kept me going was that, you know, now this is what has happened. And, uh, you know, now from, from now on, it's even more important for me to actually get to achieve the things that I can achieve because the control that I have in making sure that my education takes me into that success can actually help me uh, going forward because it's now become very difficult that, uh, you know, I can, you know, without the financial muscle from the education and doing well and getting a good job for us to actually survive. So I carried on, I pushed on and did my A-levels and did very well. And then uh, that was the point when, uh, you know, my abilities and my, um, you know, academic prowess was actually spotted by one of the uh, teachers there. And I actually got a scholarship to to study uh, in Cyprus, actually, uh, because of, you know, uh, being a very uh, good sort of a classical uh, studies, you know, Greek mythology and Roman uh, um, academic student as well. So that was uh, a breakthrough moment to actually get to see that, you know, my academic power has actually delivered me some of my dreams to actually be able to go abroad and uh, expand my knowledge in that respect. So that was uh, quite an amazing thing. And I was really excited that, you know, for the very first time, you know, growing up in this African environment, I had used my abilities, you know, which were, and I had nothing to do with the ability to, to, to be able to afford or pay, but had delivered me something that I could actually aspire to, to get a, a Western education. So that was an amazing thing. So I ended up uh, back in 1999, went to Cyprus to actually study. I spent four years there, four amazing years in this beautiful sunny setting. And it was quite fascinating, even for some of the Cypriot community, you know, looking at this uh, African, guy there, uh, you know, studying Greek and Latin and speaking Greek and all those kind of things. And it was it, it was quite fascinating and uh, a lot of things to learn within that. And um, I just picked up on that to say, look, you know, if I, I've got these abilities and people can see them and they can actually get me somewhere. So that is something that I nailed on uh, going forward, you know, started there four years and then I enrolled on the uh, SCCA Chartered Accountancy uh, course as well, which I was doing alongside my degree and studies. And then even in that as well, I managed in the final exams to actually uh, I became uh, the first African student to, to win the bronze, which was like the third uh, highest mark worldwide in the, in the final SSC exams in the Chartered Accountancy. And again, that gave me the opportunity because the actual ceremony for that, the presentation ceremony was actually here in London. So I, I flew uh, up here in London uh, with the presentation ceremony. And of course that opened up opportunities as well for work and study here in the UK uh, in partnership with Oxford Brooks University. So I came here, uh, I, there was initially there was a, a small firm that actually took me on to do the training to become a chartered accountant, but then not long after, I was uh, um, and I got a place with uh, Deloitte, which is one of the top uh, uh, top four accountants firms, to actually do my practical training as a chartered accountant. And then from then on, I qualified as a chartered accountant using with the uh, UK experience, and it was quite an amazing journey as well. I used to go to do these audits in London, and sometimes they would actually send me to to Africa when we were doing some of the audits for. Uh, some uh, of the uh, global UK charities like Save the Children. So I would go off to Nairobi and Uganda and do all of that. So once I qualified, that was in uh, 2004 going to 2007, I actually left the audit firm and uh, went into investment banking. So I started off with the Royal Bank of Scotland in their global banking and markets division. Started, you know, my uh, that was my first footing in investment banking. And then uh, a few years later in 2010, I actually moved to JP Morgan to actually get more experience within the global FX and product control and all those financial uh, stuff as well. And I, uh, yeah. Sorry, Alex, can I just come in at this point? There's been something I wanted to ask you. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. Um, That's all right. You've covered a lot of ground there. Yeah. Um, but there's a couple of things really that stuck out um, for me. Um when you refer to the Greek mythology, 
Now, isn't it interesting around this title that we've, you know, we've created, we've co-created around, this is my story, what's yours? And I don't know about you listeners, but obviously our natural, our own experiences of life will naturally lend us to form an opinion around what we're listening about, you know, to with Alex. Now, some might call that a judgment, um, you know, a more diluted form of a judgment is an opinion. Um, but irrespective of that. So what this conjures up to me, Alex, is listening to your story and that. And I am going to be sort of play uh, self devil's advocate here and say the judgment, the opinion, the picture I'm getting by listening to that. I mean, that must have been fairly harsh for you growing up as a child. Um, mm -hmm. So in a quick sort of response to that. Did you feel as growing up as a child that life was hard? Um, yes, in, in, in a way, that, that's a very good, uh, good question, Paul, because when you actually caught up in that environment, for me, uh, I didn't know much different because growing up in my environment, you know, I'd seen other kids or some of my relatives as well who had experienced similar things, you know, parents dying. So this wasn't so much of a strange phenomenon. It was a bit of a shock because it had now happened to me when in most situations, when we see things happen to other people, we don't quite grasp that it can happen to us as well until it did. Mm. So even though I would pick up that, you know, things were hard and it was difficult, it was for a lot of people around me as well. But the one thing that would, would carry me as well, I could see there was a, a distinction between those people who are experiencing life difficult, but also those people who had actually excelled in education, they were actually able to turn their, uh, their life around and have the good things around, working in big companies, having good houses and all of that. And that's the one thing that I picked up that I had control on. So instead of so much uh, concentrating on the fact that life was hard and difficult for me, I sort of... Uh, shifted my mindset to say, I can also, you know, using something that is in my control, which is the education, I can turn my life around. Yeah. So when I look back, actually, I think that was a, a, a distinct in the mindset because you could almost take life as hard and difficult and fold and not achieve much or look at, it, you know, the flip side of it to say, actually, I can't beat this if I do A, B, C, D. The, the, the important thing being the things that I'm in control of, because I had seen those time and time again for me that, you know, I work hard in school, I do well in things, I, I get to go to a good school. In that school, I work hard and I, I, I succeed in that. The opportunities are just uh, uh, there because I'm doing things that I can control. So I kept doing those kind of things and kept seeing the positive results of it. So I think that was a big factor for me to carry me forward going, going that as other than sort of focusing on the side that life was hard, but which it was actually hard. But, you know, life is hard for a lot of people, for most of us. But which part do we pick to actually focus on? I think was quite a fundamental question, even though at the time I didn't quite understand a lot of things around mindset and thinking. It's just something that was in me and again that's probably a broader question as to these kind of things are we born with this or do we learn or is it intuition or something but that's probably a bigger question that you and i paul we can nature, talk about nature mm. or nurture the old yeah, debate. Um, yeah what was interesting about listening to your story and this is the point i want to reinforce listeners i mean alex you know this is why i've kind of teased out of him did you perceive it as hard and like Alex said, well, you know, it might have been, but I didn't really have anything to compare it to. We just yeah. did it, you know, we was in it rather than on it, so to speak. Yeah. Um, yeah. What was intriguing for me there, Alex, I suppose, um, is, is to kind of gain that to what level did this Greek mythology, you know, did that inspire you, you know, listening to all this kind of, yeah, oh, this word's come from. I don't even know if it's appropriate, but I'm going to use it because it's presented this zany stuff. 
I mean, what yeah. zany got to, on <laughs> earth has the word zany got to do with Greek mythology? Yeah. I don't know, but that's about consciousness. There's some reason I've used that word. So what conjures up for me, Alex, listening to you speak around the, you know, the sharing your story there was this hardship versus this, I'm going to use another word, escapism that yeah. presented with the story under the mm -hmm. banner of Greek mythology. It's a contrasting, very contrasting uh, aspect, isn't it? Yeah, ab absolutely. And, and that's, that's fascinating. Again, it, it takes us back to the, to the power of uh, stories and also maybe how our imagination can, uh, can actually take us to, to places where we've, we've actually never been. And again, that, that's the power of, uh, of uh, you know, the, the mind, isn't it? And where we, we can, because there's no limit to the mind. I mean, I remember studying these things about Greek gods and, you know, the Pythia in, in Delphi, whereby people would go and the Pythia would actually predict their future and tell them what is gonna be and all those kind of things. And that was, Quite, quite fascinating, isn't it? Because it's it's a different world. It's a different. It's a world where you see possibilities of uh, things unimaginable. You know, or you know, in normal situations, we want to to know, you know, A, B, C, D, and and the things that are material things that are around. But what if you you were to go into a world of imagination? You know, you can imagine being in a, in that ancient world where everything is just so wonderful these messages from gods and things happening around that kind of imagination it's almost like uh, you see in, in 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 some fantasy films and all of that so those kind of stories and and the myths and the mythology around that was quite, quite fascinating for me as well I, I remember whilst I was in Cyprus going to um this uh, in in Crete and following the the part of the the story of the Minotaur, you know this uh, uh, the, the the Minotaur was half bull, half man, and was uh, uh, hiding under the labyrinth and all the stories around that. You know, it's 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 stuff that you know was it real? Did it happen? But just the imagination and and of uh, understanding those kind of stories is very fascinating to me uh, at, at that point, and that is something that you know, did really carry me to say, wow, you know, there's a wonderful out there that's ancient, but our imagination and the things that are out there, you know, can really carry us into worlds of unknown, but fascinating in a way. So yeah, it, it was a very interesting, interesting for me because like I say, growing up in a world of what that's, that's all we knew, but also being exposed to a and a world that I could imagine and feel and 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 see in my mind was quite a fascinating contrast. You know, I want to add in a little bit of a well, I think it's humorous. Um, you you be the judge of that, listeners. Um, yeah, again, Alex, I don't know where this has come from, but it's presented, so I'll share it. There was a certain football mm. manager, British football manager. Um, he's long since passed now under the name of Brian Clough. Now, Cluffy was very successful in, in football. He won the European Cup twice, or the Champions League, as it's called now, with Nottingham Forest, uh, way back in the late 70s, early 80s. And phenomenal achievement. But the point is, Cluffy had a saying, he had a lot of sayings, he was a very outspoken individual. And one of them was around when players used to come and sort of knock on his office door because they either wanted a pay rise or there was moaning because they wasn't getting the pick for the first team. And Cluffy's got a well-known saying or had a well-known saying. We talk about it for a couple of minutes and then we decide I was right. That's what Cluffy <laughs> used to say. They'd come and knock on my door, we'd talk about it, and then they'd decide <laughs> I was right. And kind of tongue-in-cheek... Isn't that a great metaphor, really, Alex, for what we're talking about here? Because not so much, you know, we'll talk about it to an external party. What about if we talk about this story to ourselves? Mull it over. What story am I telling myself? Come up mm -hmm. with something that serves better. Write a new page. Write a new chapter. Do you know what? Even write a new book, listeners, if the old story is not being and then decide you were right. But mm. don't be afraid to, to say you were wrong, that maybe a page or a line or a paragraph in your chapter 
you've not quite got that one right. Why? Mm. Because it caused me pain, it caused me suffering, it caused yeah. me darkness. We can rewrite that chapter, Alex, can't we? Absolutely. And you've, you've, you've got it absolutely spot on, Paul. And uh, this is something that actually uh, carried me on because if I just move a little bit forward with my story because obviously you know being here you know life happens you know I, I got married to my you know beautiful wife Sarah and uh, you know had three kids and and, and so on and then um, uh, you know some going back to 2017 again uh, you know she was uh, diagnosed with, uh, with with cancer and then uh, two years later back in 2019 unfortunately she she passed away as well and uh, with that uh, you know coming back to you know you you, you mentioned about you know the story we we, we, uh, we tell ourselves because again you know being faced with a, a tragedy again and, and 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 loss and you know being caught in those in those kind of uh, hard feelings as well because now i have uh, uh you know the boys that i have to raise as well and what lessons that i would actually go on to teach them about life and how uh, we we get to um you know suffer uh, things and difficulties and challenges come along and uh, it, it takes me back to your story about what what story do we actually get to write about those kind of things so uh you know understanding and learning about mindset and grief and that actually helped me quite a lot to actually write that chapter of, of my life i remember you know you know taking a bit of advice and understanding the stages of grief from the likes of uh, dr john de martini and how they actually framed my mind to actually understand that, you know, the beautiful life that I had shared with my um, my wife, I can be filled with gratitude for that, but also see, you know, what are, are messages of that gratitude that I can take from that to actually propel and write my story in a different way that I can actually help people as well to understand around these challenges. So when I look at things like, uh, uh, you know, from the back of uh, that tragedy to actually help me get through it, I would spend time to read and listen to podcasts and understand about mindset. And I get to write my book as well. So I got to express myself in writing this book that I did and starting a podcast to actually capture inspirational stories of people as well that could help other people on the back of the things that had happened to me. So coming back to what you mentioned in this, in the scope of uh, having challenges and things, seeing things that happen to us, the stories that we write, we can write them in a different way. But if we write them in a positive way, that inspires not just us, but also other people around us. I think there's a, a lot of uh, energy and benefit in that in terms of helping us to actually move forward. Because uh, all the negative energy and, and uh, you know negative stories that we can write, they don't actually help or serve uh, anyone, not including ourselves. But if we can see gratitude and that, you know, in anything that happens, we can pick up some lessons to actually help us to move forward and inspire others. I think there's a great energy and great uh, benefit in doing that instead of just folding and writing a story that actually doesn't help us. So you raise a very good point there around, you know, what stories do we actually get to write? I remember when we, when we spoke last, you know, on, on my podcast where you, you, you talked about when we see stories, we actually see them as, as us, as the main actors in the stories. But what if we step back and actually be the directors of those stories and direct where we want our story or our movie to go? I think there is a lot of power in that and that, that's a great message for your listeners as well <clears throat> so what about this one then alex you've mentioned a few times the word gratitude and that's you know that's an awesome part of our story a massive part but i'm going to ask you this question because for me there is a very very close relationship between gratitude and forgiveness now you can call it a chicken and egg scenario or chicken and egg mm. question which comes first forgiveness or gratitude <laughs> um I, I i think for me i think gratitude 
um, encompasses everything and comes first because in gratitude your 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 understanding that everything is is happening for a, for a reason because even though if it's a challenge or something that's difficult you're you're grateful because there is a lesson there's a reason why that particular challenge is actually happening because it's actually there to teach you something that will probably carry you and make you stronger in the path of growth actually so if you whatever you're going through if you're grateful of that then it almost um, takes away that need of forgiveness because it almost forgiveness that that doesn't quite exist in that context you are just full of gratitude with everything whether it's a it's a challenge you know you're grateful for the opportunity to be in that challenge because there's lessons that you can pick that will make yourself grow and actually overcome that and also learn to actually make yourself better and even put you into a different or a new level of consciousness of the world and if it's something positive that is happening, again, you're grateful that you've got that opportunity to experience that uh, that side of uh, uh, awesomeness as well. So gratitude in everything, in a way, dissolves that need for forgiveness because whether it's a challenge, whether it's a positive or negative, gratitude in everything. That's that's how I, I see it for. Mm. Okay. <laughs> uh, and that's mm. really interesting, listeners, because this brings up a whole new uh angle on, on the you know the stories we tell ourselves now there is yeah. absolutely no judgment whatsoever on alex's story there because that that story has to be respected whether we agree with it or disagree with it oh that's kind mm -hmm. of by the by that's alex's <laughs> story now, alex, that's as alex's truth and that holds good in his heart Alex, if I may, let me offer a totally contrasting perspective on that. Mm -hmm. And again, this is not to say I'm right, you're wrong, or vice versa. But isn't it true as we tell these different stories with different colours, different, you know, people will then, some, some people might kind of align with yours, some people might align with mine. Yet again, no comparison, it's not an either or. Yeah. But I offer this, imagine a cup of coffee and yeah. somebody's made us a cup of coffee so we put it on the you know on the table and we forget about it and it goes cold mm -hmm. before you can put another cup of coffee in that mug you've got to empty the old one the cold yeah. cup of coffee for me yeah. that first cup of coffee is called forgiveness we have to embark upon in my humble opinion forgiveness first to create the space for gratitude to grow in Come in. Mm -hmm. Now that's just my perspective, which doesn't make it right and it doesn't make it wrong. But I think as we tell these stories to ourselves and to the world, they help to shape. And it may be actually, Alex, that you know, listeners will, will hear this kind of contrasting view on gratitude and forgiveness and say, well, actually, neither of them are right because of I've come up with something else. Thing That's else. <laughs> the story we tell ourselves, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I, I, I think maybe because for forgiveness is that that's a very great example that that you um, you, you give Paul, and it also you know gives me that uh, different uh, perspective of looking at it in a way because I was coming from the angle of uh, when you think of uh, forgiveness, it comes on the back of. Uh, either something or someone has having having done you wrong so for example you know you know someone has uh, whether it's killed your pet or done something wrong or whatever because there's all this uh, rush of emotions of feeling you know how can you do that or whatever and then uh, you want to get rid of those negative emotions by forgiving the person i think it happens a lot in uh, you know when you look at you know, people like on death row in America where they, they killed someone and, you know, the, the, the parents or the relatives get asked, you know, do you forgive the, the person or whatever? So um, that, that, that was the, the sort of side I, I was looking at to say, if you are at a different level of, of, of consciousness and you have gratitude in everything, you know, you understand that even though certain elements from an emotional point of view 
feel very, very, very hard to sort of understand. I remember having this conversation with Dr. John DiMartini where, where he mentioned that when we are experiencing certain extreme emotions, it's because in those, uh, uh, in those moments, we are actually just looking and seeing just the one side uh, of it, which is the negative side. You know, the, you know it, it's a very, very front-loaded that we can't even see that there can actually be positives in certain stories. So when we actually perceive just the negatives and the extreme versions of those, we experience extreme emotions on the negative side. And in those kind of uh, emotions, for example, if someone has, has killed their relative, you know, those relatives would not even, certainly not in that particular moment, comprehend that forgiveness is, is is a thing but as time passes and as people get you know different levels of consciousness they can actually start to understand gratitude in everything and actually see how in the space of tragedy maybe they can take lessons to actually teach you know someone you know uh, did something wrong for us we can actually teach others to say you know this thing is is bad because it actually, you know, provokes certain emotions that makes people bad in ABCD. And as as you you actually teach that, you can actually prevent other people doing those bad things. So in a way, this challenge, this bad thing that happened to you has actually helped you to actually pick up lessons which you take and help other people. So it can be that journey, yes, that uh, you 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 come to a forgiveness, but then from forgiveness you move to a level of gratitude to the extent that, in the sense that in the future something else happens, you've already moved forward to actually the level of gratitude to in in a way that uh, you're again past the level of needing forgiveness mm. because you you are at a different level of consciousness in a way, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does, Alex. And Okay, so isn't it true as well that as we create our stories, and we do create them, you know, one of my mentors from the past, a um, gentleman by the name of Jim Britt, who was Jim Rohn's business partner, he said to me one day, he said, Paul, all beliefs are false. All mm. beliefs are false. It's something that we have decided is true at any one given moment in time. Yeah. And I think it was Gandhi building on that, that Gandhi said our beliefs control our thoughts. Our thoughts control our feelings, words, habits, values, and eventually the outcome. So the power of beliefs, it's something we, all beliefs are false, we have decided it's true. Now, mm. you know, that's that's a big statement. And, and I think people, listeners generally struggle to get their head around that, uh, you know, straight off and accept it. But that's not the purpose of this conversation. So what mm. I was where I was leading with this, Alex, was around these beliefs and this conditioning around the story. You know, isn't it true as part of our script writing as humans? Life is very polarized. It's either black or white. It's either day or night. It's either, you know, good or bad. You know, there's all these polarizations, isn't there? In, in our script writing, the story we tell ourselves. And, and as part of that, I want to ask a simple question as we start to wind down now. So I've got one big question to ask you right at the end. Drum roll, but we'll park that for the time being. For a few moments more but i want to ask you this alex in this polarization that we create as humans mm -hmm. is it is it you know moving forward you've used the word in my humble opinion consciousness a lot of times and absolutely yeah i mean i love that word because it goes so deep and it brings in so much but is life is life and writing a good script as simple as choosing love or fear is it that simple to write a script that way, Alex, if we know and got that consciousness? Yeah, absolutely, Paul. And that, that, that's a great way to, to, to put it. I think in, in, in a way, uh, if, if you, um, was it um, um, one of the philosophers who, who said that at the, in the end, I realized that I, I know nothing. So when you talk about um, the uh, love, it's, it's almost a, a journey that we actually move through as, as people. And that, that, again, to come back to this level of consciousness, 
of, of realizing because it all starts off with all these emotions that we will have. You read this book, uh, uh, The Courage to Be uh, um, uh, dis 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 Discouraged. It talks about how interpersonal relationship is the cause of all emotions. Uh, and, and uh, um, you know, when, when we are experiencing these this this kind of uh, uh this kind of uh, uh emo emotions and we are at a particular level of consciousness in those moments we can entertain whether it's fear and all those things because we know we don't know anything else beyond that but as we begin to grow we begin to understand life and things at different levels of consciousness to understand that actually you know what is the importance? What is what 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 actually matters in life? And and as as we grow, we begin to learn about you know how love again you know love and also gratitude in everything encompasses everything that 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 we do. And then we can begin to actually pick which ones we want to actually place emphasis on because at the at the very top level when you actually uh, think about. Uh, the level of consciousness at the top, nothing is actually missing. Everything is within us, you know. So things about love and hate and fear and all of those kind of things, everything is in us. But when we see, when we are, you know, in some cases too humble to actually uh, admit that we have that in ourselves, that's where we can experience the other extremes of it. But when we see that, you know, we have moments in ourselves that we've ex experienced, love and in some cases when there is that missing we bring ourselves back to see the love that we've experienced before and we can experience it again we can start in a conscious way to actually focus on the positive emotions of love and things in everything which in a way back to what you say about the story that we 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 tell ourselves we can we can uh, decide and choose which areas we focus our, our 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 energies on because that is in our control and that is that you know something that we we can actually do ourselves so very important actually point that you've mentioned there Paul. okay so before i ask you the big final question then alex mm -hmm. as we're starting as i say to court to, to come towards the close um I just want to invite you in at this stage to share your contact details, how people can connect with you, reach out to you, find out more about you. So what, what's the best way for that to happen, Alex? Uh, yeah, so the uh, easiest way, they can uh, find me on Facebook, just uh, Alex Sapala, and you can find me there. And uh, or even just a uh, website, alexsapala.com. Uh, people can find me there as well and uh, find all the some of the um, you know uh, knowledge sharing that we do you know resources about my book and also the podcast the uh, uh, the business world and mindset podcast where we share inspirational stories as well uh, again back to the stories that we tell ourselves you know when we listen to other people's uh, stories it's it's part of that. Uh, gaining knowledge which can actually help us to move up in our understanding and our growth as well. So yeah, they go uh, Alex Apala on Facebook uh, or just uh, alexapala.com on the website. They can find me as well and always happy to learn, always happy to share information and uh, yeah, it will be, will be great to connect with uh, anyone who is interested in uh, uh, you know moving forward and, uh, and and speaking about any topic as well because we are all learners and we are all growing you know our different aspects at different stages superb so as ever listeners those uh, details of alex will be in the show notes as ever so alex the final question with a big massive drum roll etc etc so i want you to imagine i always do this uh, with guests at the end I want you to imagine we've just met in a hotel reception for the first time and we've kind of shared this conversation and it's been great. You know, we've been on this mm -hmm. dance, this voyage of discovery. And we then get mm -hmm. in an elevator to take us up to the next level. Now, this elevator is only 30 seconds before it gets mm -hmm. to the next, you know, the, the next floor. So, but at that floor, you will go left and I will go right or the other way around. We will part company and we'll probably never even see each other again. 
So what I say is, Alex, you know, um, that's been fantastic. Really nice to have met you. And by the way, this is not a precursor listeners to say, I hope I never meet Alex again, because I absolutely know I will. But you've heard me use this example. So here we are, Alex. Right. We're in this lift. We've got 30 seconds. And I say, Alex, it's been absolutely fascinating. But by the time this lift gets to the next level, just share with me one thing, one thing, because you've mentioned so many fascinating words, you know, mythology. You've mentioned consciousness. You've mentioned gratitude. You know, quite a few. All pa- Give me one piece of guidance, advice, insight in 30 seconds, Alex, because I'll never see you again after that. What would be your message to the world, Alex, in that 30 second window? Mm. Ah, thanks. Thanks, Paul. So, yeah, this is what I would say, Paul. I would say that everything that happens out there is energy and frequencies. And within that, if you look at health, if you look at wealth, if you look at love, if you look at everything, there is a particular frequency and energy to it. So this is what I would say, Paul. In the understanding that everything there is frequency, nothing is actually destroyed or made. Everything is is energy. If you're concentrating your energies on any particular field, it means it's at the detriment of another. If you're concentrating your energies on hate and fear, it's at the detriment and you're missing out on concentrating your energies on, on love and, and uh, gratitude and everything else. So this is what I would say. Concentrate your energies on a frequency that serves you, that serves your purpose and serves the universe, the greater good of man. So concentrate your energies on the positive stuff, whether it's uh, health and wealth and uh, things that will actually serve you and love as well. So that's what I, I would say, Paul, just this understanding that everything is energies. Put yourself on the right frequency, put your energy on the right frequency, you're going to find the right people, you're going to find the right networks, you're going to find the right opportunities that will actually serve you towards your big mission, your big purpose, your telos, as they say, which is your big mission on earth to achieve. If you consider your energies on the right frequency and the right places, you are going to, you know, to do well. You're going to serve yourself well and you're going to serve others as well in a positive way that makes a positive impact rather than destroy or create a hurt and negative energies around the world. So that's what I would say, Paul. Brilliant. Thank you so much. And thank you, Alex, for sharing your story with us and giving the time and and being part of this wonderful dance. My immense gratitude to you, sir. Thank you very much, Paul. It's been an absolute pleasure. And again, thank you very much for inviting me to come and uh, share my story with your listeners as well. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. So there we have it, listeners. And you know what's coming next. We've been in the lift. We've shared the, you know, the uh, the message, so to speak, part of the story. And we close the chapter on this particular podcast episode, listeners, by signing off the way I always do, by saying, remember, the world's changing. How will you respond? Thanks very much for listening to this World Game Changers podcast episode. Hopefully you found it interesting and helpful. Drop a line to paul at worldgamechangers.org with any thoughts or questions you may have, and he'll be more than happy to respond. Remember, the world is changing. How will you respond?